Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions. Supply. Hey, everybody. Welcome to episode 215 of Coach Unplugged. Um, today, I'm super excited. We're going to talk with, with Satch today. Um, I think I did this one over the summer. I don't remember exactly when we did this podcast. But before we get to that, I want to make sure we give a big shout out to Dr. Dish, our sponsors of Coach Unplugged. Um, make sure you go over and check them out. The the most innovative, the I, you know, I, I'm not the sharpest tool in the shed sometimes, but Dr. Dish has made it easy for me to get workouts for my players, has e- made it easy for me to get more shots up in practice. Um, go over and check them out. Make sure if you do, mention Coach Unplugged and you get $300 off your next purchase. Um, we would appreciate that on, on many different levels. Um, also, make sure you go over and check out teachhoops.com for coaches who want to get better. Less than a week, prices are going up, so make sure you get in. Um, also, make sure you subscribe and like. Um, and if, like I've always said, if you're looking for free resources, go over and check out Teach Hoops on YouTube. That's a good free resource for anybody that's looking at it. So we're going to talk to Seth Sullinger. You probably recognize the name, but Sachin himself is um, a – Hall of Fame coach, um, was coach of the year in the country for high school, uh, was coached his own son. Um, you probably remember um, uh, Jared Sullinger, who played for Ohio State, um, was a Boston Celtics. I believe he's playing overseas now. But Satch and I had, um, it's a funny story, um, my wife met him in a coffee shop, saw his ring, his, uh, his um, you know, national coach of the year ring. I wear rings for my state championships and uh, they kind of hooked up together and talked and, um, and discussed and Satch gave my wife the card and then she came home and said, Oh, you got to have Satch on the podcast. So finally we're going to get this one up. Um, Satch is a great guy. You're going to get a lot of great golden nuggets here in this, in this episode. So enjoy. Coach Unplugged is brought to you by great people over at teachhoops.com for coaches who want to get better. From the Fifth Quarter Studios in Madison, Wisconsin, you're listening to Coach Unplugged. Here is your host, Steve Collins. I do. I do. All right. Well, uh, well welcome to Coach Unplugged. I'm going to have Coach uh, introduce himself in a second, but we could start this podcast by talking about my wife's addiction to Starbucks. That could be our first. Oh, impression. man. 
But see, I'm addicted too, so <laughs> I understand it. <laughs> There's worse than you know what started. Go ahead. You know what started this whole conversation? She brought her little nephew in here uh-huh. with a uh, Wisconsin uh, hat on, <laughs> and he had on Buckeye socks. And okay. so I just looked and I said, "You gonna have that poor boy confused? He don't know which one which <laughs> one to root for." And that started the whole conversation. It did. She and told she's me an awesome she, person, man. She she told me about it. She uh she called me that night and said, "Oh my God, you never remember, never you'll never guess who I met." And I go, well, I remember rooting against his son and definitely uh, sons of definitely yelling against them at some point. Um, yeah. <laughs> but, you know, it's like that, that's why I love the Big Ten. I love the Big Ten. It's, it's good, healthy right. rivalries. You know, the SEC. And Absolutely. Stuff. Yeah, it's healthy. It's like we just tease each yeah. other. All right. So, Coach, so right. um, tell us a little bit about your basketball journey for the people. Introduce yourself and then tell us a little bit about your basketball journey. And then there's some stuff I want to delve into. Definitely with your book and the boarding school and all that stuff at the end, but um, definitely tell us, tell the listeners a little bit about your history. Well, uh, my name's Satch Solinger. Real name is James. I got the name Satch because my dad played in the Negro League before blacks were allowed in the NBA, and he played for the Sioux City, Iowa Colored Ghosts. Oh, really? And uh, yes, and my dad had real big hands. And so people said when he walked down the street, it looked like he had a suitcase at the end of his arms. So they start calling him Suitcase Sully. So I'm the oldest. So after the suitcase comes the satchel. Oh my and my gosh. younger brother, Harold, is brief for briefcase. So that's how I got the name Satch. Oh, that's great. Yeah. Now, was that, so, like, was, that know, back, like, was that league like the, the league they had for the Major League Baseball, too? They had one for basketball? I didn't know that. Yeah, they and but my dad and they played against white teams. He played against George Micah. Okay. And he yep. played and the person that owned his team was uh Speedy Williams. Okay. And okay. uh Speedy owned the uh, Harlem Globetrotters and my dad was on the team that first beat the Harlem Globetrotters before they became an act. <laughs> they beat, beat them in Kent in Kenton, Ohio. Okay. And uh so my dad just came you know, came along in a in an era where yep. You know, you know, you could be a good athlete, but you didn't have the opportunities you have today. But, you know, he taught me a lot about character through his conversations. And, you know, one thing when they went on the road, you know, people were, were kind of nasty towards him. And, and you couldn't be on their team if you responded. You just had to ignore it. Right. And you, you, his team, you weren't even allowed to carry a, a pocket knife to the team foul your fingernails or otherwise you couldn't couldn't be on the team because they didn't want any distractions all they wanted to do was play ball get out of town and let's go right and uh so you know those are the kind of things they, they paved the way for us to appreciate the things we that. have today yes i don't think people realize that too and it's like you went to you, you i see that you went to oberlin great school yeah in ohio yeah i think there's another yeah. famous alum of oberlin is there not uh there's uh there's quite a few in what area well what what area you know oberlin's the first school to admit women and blacks towards degrees oh okay maybe that's where i heard about i i knew it was i knew it was famous on some on some level right the underground the underground railroad is uh uh, right there yeah and so our first dormitory which is talcott uh, has the underground railroad uh, uh, underground tracks coming up out of the ground, 
to represent the Underground Railroad. Ah, uh, maybe that's right. Maybe it's, like it's a great buff. school. Yeah, yeah, it's a great school. Yeah, oh great yeah, school. Yeah, great school. Um, so tell us a little bit. So tell us about your basketball journey then. Your coaching. Well, journey. You're you know, I, coaching. I, I, well, let me tell you how I got into coaching. It had nothing to do with uh, me wanting to become a coach and win basketball games. What happened was I, I didn't go back to school until I was 25 years old. Well, go to school, period. Not back to school, but go to college. Right. And I was working for the Ohio Youth Commission, and I was working with delinquent kids, and I worked from 3 to 11. So I always had all the kids on group. So it wasn't like I worked day and some of the kids were workshops, some were at schools and, and you know, classes. I had them all on group. And one day a memo came across the, uh, the desk, and I said, now this looks good on paper. I said, what's the difference between me and the guy that wrote this memo? And the guy had a degree. So I decided I was going to go back, get a degree in sociology, and come back and work with delinquent youth. And so uh, I went off to school, and, uh, you know, I majored in sociology, socio-anthropology, you know, to go back. And then I saw what this coach was doing with my life as a grown man. And then it hit me. Uh, almost the beginning of my junior year, I said, now, if I went into education and became a coach, I could deal with the kids before the fact rather than after the fact. Yeah. So that's what made me want to become a coach. It had nothing to do with winning games. It was how this man was shaping our lives and making us better human beings. He dealt with the whole kid and the whole person, not just the athletic side. Right. And I tell and people, I'm a math teacher. I tell people, I, they're not going to remember one thing I say in, in math class, but I, mm -hmm. you're like a nurse, a psychologist, a teacher, a coach, a dad, because they, they, there's a different level of, of influence that a coach can have. Um, right. You know, because we have something right. that they love. <laughs> they don't understand right. love all the math I'm teaching them. Some kids do. Right. Um, but right. Uh, but those you know, are the people that that love math, right? Right. You know, and yeah. they they know what they want to do. But you know, right. Our job is to is to our job is to eliminate all the bushes that kids hide behind. Yep. And teach them how to become a part of something bigger than themselves, and to give without asking for anything in return, trusting it to come in the jet strength of of your hard work, and. That, when you start dealing with that, and in my book, I talk about you play the game the way you live your life. And simply, I mean, is it's hard to hide what's really going on uh, in the first quarter, second quarter, third quarter of your life. But when crunch time comes, what's normal comes out. And if what's normal is a lack of accountability, then that's what's going to be exposed during crunch time. You're not right. going to be – you're not going to – be able to help hold yourself accountable. So I dealt with the kids more off the floor than I did on the floor because when, when I, I got them to accept their daily routines and their daily expectations, then it was easy to get them to understand what was going on in basketball. And I used to always break it down to like math. I tell them, I say, now if I practice two hours a day of holding myself accountable, doing all the things that I'm supposed to do attempting to but i go 22 hours a day not holding myself accountable which one am i going to be better at the 22 right. hours is going <laughs> to kick the two hours in the butt 
Right. So all my kids understand, if you talk to them, you, you ask them, say, how do you play the game? And they all will tell you the way you live your life. And when we started straightening that up, guess what? Citizenship in the hallway was good. You know, the effort in the classroom was good. You know, they became better sons. They became better friends. You know, and then all of a sudden, we, we just took off. And the kids bought in, and we just took off. And we just started winning, man. And right. it had nothing to do with winning. It had to do with turning them into men. Right. Yes. And that, that was my proudest moment. Right. I don't think people realize, too. It's like no one gets into coaching or teaching unless you're at the highest, highest level to get rich. We all do it to make a small influence on kids' lives. Literally, that's why I got into coaching. It's like I just wanted to make Absolutely. a difference. I didn't want to sit at a desk right. and make more money and really make no difference in the world. Where, you know, and sometimes, it's, and right. sometimes they don't see it until they're 30. I've had some of my players not see it until, you know, they don't see it at the time. Um, but later right. they eventually see it. Yeah, I agree. Um, so as long me, as they see it. Yes, as, as long as, as they see it. So tell me a little bit right. more about this book that you wrote. That, that intrigues me. Well I, I, well, I wrote this book after it was all said and done. Uh, so that no one could question anything. It's over. It's documented. You know, I dealt with the fact that, you know, winning is not as important as doing the best that you can. And then when you've done the best you can, the score doesn't mean anything. And, what you, and in order to do the best you can, you, you have to be purposeful. What can I do to make my teammate better? And, and a lot of times it's, it's you know, I, I got to help him when he needs help. And I have to find a positive way of supporting him. I can't get mad at him and say, you're killing us as a team. But you know what? If you want to make the team better, all you have to do is focus on yourself. What can I do to make the team better? And when you do that, the team automatically has gotten better. So the focus was always on us, and it was always a purposeful focus to, to where the difference between a goal and purpose is Purpose goals are self-serving. Like if my goal is to drive from here to your house, once I get there, it's all over. I'm right. there. P purpose, you can always help someone do something better. You can always do something to make someone else's life better. You can always do something to make your teammate better. You can always do something to make your team better. Sometimes it's coming out of the game. Right. And then <laughs> sitting on the bench with enthusiasm, cheering on your teammates. You know, and so that was my approach to to uh, to the book, and uh, you know, and I dealt with the whole kid, and you know, ironically, you know, I took over that program. I came from Oakland College as the head coach. I did not like college coaching at all uh, because you had to lie to kids to get them to come. Mm -hmm. If you didn't tell them they were the best things since sliced bread, they're not coming to your school. So in order to play the game, you got to get in there and blow smoke up their butt. Right. And, and then when you get to and when you get them to campus, you say, "Man, you got so much to work on, man. Trust me." But how can you trust somebody right. when your whole relationship is based on a lie? Yeah. So I mean, I don't school, know. I don't I, know how they. I don't. I don't know how those guys do that at that level all the time. Right. I mean. Right. I mean, right. I just don't know. People have asked why haven't I made the jump, and it's like, well, because I got a I got a great gig where I'm actually making a difference, and I don't. My livelihood is not depending on whether a 17-year-old hits a jump shot. <laughs> you know, right. if we lose Absolutely. a game, we lose a game. Then we're just going to learn from it. You know, it's not like, Absolutely. you know, those guys, it's like life and death. 
it's like gladiators. It's it's crazy. Right. Yeah. And then I, I'll cheat, but I'll tell my kids to follow my rules. Right. How can you tell kids to follow your rules when you're not following the rules you're supposed to follow? Right. And it all goes, you I always see, say, follow and, the money, man. Follow the money, too. The money should Correct. Yeah. <laughs> follow correct. The money. And so, <laughs> you know, we we did it the right way. Uh, I, You know, I was named Naismith National High School Coach of the Year because, you know, my team was number one in the country. And we were supposed to win uh, uh, several state championships back to back. But one we didn't win simply because my son didn't turn in his homework. We were 24-0. and 0. Right. I didn't play in that game because, right. you know, you, you know, this is extra, this is extra curricular activity. Right. And we, we ended up 24 and one. Right. And I caught the, the nation's attention when I did that. And right. the next year we played Finley prep, Oak Hill Academy, Huntington prep, brother rice out of New York, Logan out of West Virginia, who had won seven straight state championships. That's like a and college we whipped schedule. them all. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. We, 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 we whipped them all, and we went to number one in the country. And uh, I got named Naismith National Coach of the Year, and my son Jared was named Naismith National Player of the Year. And, uh, I remember then, that year. Yeah, then uh, the next year, Trey Burke uh, was uh, a senior, and I coached him. And when he graduated, I retired because, you know, I started winning, and people wanted me to win at any cost including right. administrators. Right. You know, I, I kicked I kick kids off the team because they were caught cutting class, off school grounds, in a car without uh, authorization for the person. They, they stole the person's keys and, in, in school and driving their car. You, you understand? And there's right. other couple things, other things going on in that car that I won't mention. Yeah. It's like Coach, Carter. It's like Coach Carter. Yeah. 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 So I <laughs> kicked them off and, 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 the school made me bring them back. Right. They said, you can't win without them. I no, said, that's what you can have this program. I've told you young coaches, it. young coaches that listen to this too, I've told them, you know, and I've coached NBA, I've coached NBA guys. I've coached like what, I mean, I've got, I've coached a couple NBA guys. It's, I think, I think coach really, you really hit it on the head. It's not a, it, you're going to be miserable if it's only about winning. <laughs> that's right. That's the first thing. And for the young coaches out there, the reason coaches won, the reason that we've won, I think, is we built culture and we built it the right way. You know, you better be here. Right. You better be here on time. That's what, like, literally one of my pet peeves. It's like, right? Oh, what? I'm 30 seconds late, coach. I don't care if you're two seconds late. It's about you know, we talk right. about Lambo time here because we live in Wisconsin. Right. You know, you're 15 minutes early. If I tell you six, you better right. be here at 5:45 because then there's no question. Right. You know, if it's snowing right. or mom can't find the keys. Um, but that's where it all starts for the young coaches that are listening. It literally starts with how you set the culture. Um, and Absolutely. if you don't have the administration that's going to back you, then leave and go find one that will. <laughs> Cause I right. have, I've Absolutely. Been yeah, I've been lucky at great administrations under, over me and have supported me, backed me, all that kind of stuff. If it, if they're not mm -hmm. going to leave, <laughs> go find some place right. that will do it the right way. Cause they are out there and you will eventually right. win. Yeah, that other stuff right. will come if you do it the right way. Um, if you, you if you do it the right way, when you hang a banner, then yep. you know everybody on that team can come in there and show their kids, their grandkids, yep. and show it with pride because you hung it for all the right reasons. Right. 
See, yes. and that's the most important part about anything. It's not that you win. It's that you gave it your best shot. Right. And if you give things your best shot in America, you will not ever fail at anything because as long as you're trying to do it the right way, and we're going way deeper than basketball now, if you're trying to do it the right way and you're willing to work at it, America, I don't care what religion, what gender, what orientation, I don't care what it is, someone will always try to help you Yep. because yep. they see you working at it. Yep. Yep. And I, and, and that's I, America. It is America. And I tell, and I, and I tell my son and my daughter this, I tell my players this, I said, we live in a world and I've, I've read enough books. We live in a world where, especially when you're young, people will help you. Like if, right. if you want to go take a free uh, internship, a I mean, people will help you learn things. You and I are older coach. And it's like, we call, they're going, what the heck? But everybody want deep down wants to help. And especially right. if you're young and you're and you work hard and you want to learn, people will teach. Right. You. Um, and if coaching's right. your thing, go out and find mentors. Find people that will teach you. They will love to share their information with you. Trust me. Correct. Um, <laughs> Everything's a triangle anyway. Right. Nobody's inventing new plays. No. You know. No. We, you know what's that old expression? It's never the X and O's. It's the no. Billy and Joes yes. that carry out the X and O's. Who <laughs> I like that one. I'm gonna steal that one. Yeah. There's no. There's no new. There's no new. You know. I told. I had Rick Torbert on here who who did read and react. I said, Rick, you're in very unique company because your offense is is one of the more unique things I've seen come around in the last thirty years. Um, Mm -hmm. no one's reinventing the wheel. It still put this little no. thing in this hoop, <laughs> you know. Right. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, it's spacing, pace and spacing. That's all it is, man. Oh, yeah. And, 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 and you read it, you know what I mean? You, you know, you just make decisions, and, and you teach them how to make basketball decisions. That's all it is. And, and you can't do that without teaching them off the floor about making other decisions. You right. know, it, it's the game is so simple. We complicate it. First of all, by just coaching basketball, and not dealing with the whole kid. Right. You know. You know what kid or what adult doesn't want to please and receive praise? Right. Yes. And so, as a coach, we have to find a way to make sure that we understand that our words do one or two things. They either build or they destroy. There's no gray area in between them. Right. So we have to find a positive way of making a negative statement. I love that. I you love know, that. And, and, and have a kid want us to lead, not demand that they follow. Right. And that's what coaching is. That's all it is. It's, it's, it's really a simple thing. But see, you can't do that when winning is your main main goal, your only reason for doing it is to win, then you don't have time to nurture and go through the process because you right. want immediate yes. uh, uh, Gratification. Uh, results. Yes, and it's right. like that's our society right now. It's, I, 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 right. I, when I go around to clinics and stuff and talk, I go, the problem is my practices have changed over the last year. My expectations haven't changed, but my – my practices have changed because we live in this we live in this Snapchat Twitter world where you know I've had to condense things because their focus is smaller. They can't they can't stay you know. So I'm adjusting to the kid, 
Um, my expectations mm-hmm. haven't changed, but it's like, all right, we're going to do this for this short period of time because they can't keep a focus. It's crazy. I see it in the classroom mm-hmm. too. Um, mm-hmm. tell, tell me about the prep school, the, the, the prep school that, that you're on the board for. That really interests me. Okay. Um, uh, we're trying to, to develop a, uh, uh, boarding school for black males because black males are struggling throughout this country, not yes. just here, but everywhere. Everywhere. And so, but but you don't have to be black to attend, but our focus is on black males. Okay, so it's not like it's just black kids. Right. We want to we want to approach this school thing totally different because it you know as a retired educator. I see them trying to force square pegs in the round holes <laughs> and it's just not working. It's not it's working. It's just not working. So it's not working. Everyone's, everyone's not college material. Right. And you don't have to go to college to have a great life. Right. And if everyone, if everyone went to college and got a college degree, our economy would implode on itself. Right. Who would, who would be, make the cars? Who right. would, uh, uh, be the mechanics to fix the cars. You know right. who would work here? And who would do this? So we want to create a school where we can make curriculum relevant to their God-given talents and, and wants. Some kids want to be carpenters. Some kids want to be plumbers. Some right. kids want to be electricians. Right. You know, some Artists. kids. <laughs> you know, so so we hook we hook them up with a business. And have them work part time with that with that company in the morning as a as an intern, and then have their their classwork relevant to what what they need to know to be successful. And then if they build that relationship with this with this company. When they graduate from high school, they probably usually go right into a job. Right. Hey everybody, I hope you're enjoying talking to or listening to to me talk to Satch. What a he, there's so many golden nuggets. Um, you can see why he is a world-renowned coach and why he, he knows the game and, and his, all of the, his sons have become such great basketball players over the years. So um, also make sure you go over and check out teachhoops.com for coaches who want to get better, 14-day free trial. Um, it's a great deal. If you, if you too want to become a better coach, it's, a, it's like I've said, Netflix for basketball coaches with one-on-one and office hours. So go over and check it out. Let's get back to Satch. You, you yeah. see, and, and – you know, and, and that right there is happiness. When you're going to do what you like doing, you and I love teaching and love coaching. There's some right. people that don't understand how in the hell can you do that? <laughs> well, they just don't have what we have. Right. It's a job. I look at yeah. the things they do and go, how in the hell do you do what you do? Right. Yeah. You yeah. know, so, so and I think we live the, in a, I think we the, live in a different world too, where, first of all, I'm a, I'm a full advocate of year round school. We don't have any of them in Wisconsin. Because mm-hmm. the, these kids lose this big chunk of knowledge over these three months. The, the educational system was set up so the kids could go home and help on the farm. Literally, they, that's right. what set up. Right. And we don't need that anymore. Right. Why aren't kids going to school right. all the time? Why aren't these high-risk kids who lose all this information over the summer and don't get the enrichment that the kids that aren't high-risk do <laughs> – you know, right. why aren't we going to school year round? Why are we, why are we right. trying to teach them? I mean, I tell kids, high school is like a prison. You know, the bell rings, you move from state, point A to point. I mean, it's crazy. I don't know why the education, right. they should scratch the whole thing and start over. Because we live in a world right. where I can sell something to someone in China. 
Like I can open a website right. and sell it to them tomorrow. And you know, the world right. has changed, you know, the boundaries, it's a world boundary. It's a world economy. Right. We're teaching them. Like we're trying to make, you know, guys that are going to work on the assembly line. <laughs> you know, it's right. Making right. sense. Um, right. Yeah. You know, it, it, what it is, is we've lost our values of yeah. what's right, what's wrong, because here's how we, we judge right or wrong now. First thing is, how much does it cost? Yep. Second, how much will I make? Yep. Third, I'll <laughs> tell you whether it's right or wrong. Right. It, right, right, wrong is wrong, man. Right. It has nothing <laughs> to do with how much you make. Right. You, you know what I mean? And yeah. but see, but that's where we're at right now. Right. You know, and, and it's a, it's a, I don't know how we got to where we are in America today, but we're here. Yes, and it's a pendulum. And I have a full theory that it, it will swing back. I do believe it will swing it, back. It, it can't help but swing back because right. look what you and I are talking about right now. We don't even know each other. Right. We have never met. Right. And we're talking about this. There's so many people of different races, genders, religions, and everything of really finding out, damn, we're all the same. Right. <laughs> we just see things a little different, but we all have the same needs. Yep. If I want to be treated right, then I must treat other people right. Yep. If I want to be respected, I first must respect others. And when we start getting into that, that's all that's, all that's missing right now. This thing about greed, and, and the only way greed exists is by dividing and conquering us. They keep us divided to keep us from talking while right. they keep raking in all the money. <laughs> yes. you, you, you understand yes. what I'm saying? It's well, like you know what I taught yeah. my sociology class? The only reason money has value is because everyone has a little bit of it. Right. Once the top 1% gets all the money, it's not going to be worth a damn quarter. Right. Because if we don't have any, right. then we'll go back to where this whole economy started. Right. Bartering. Yep. Yep. Service for service. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yes. I, would, I would farm and then I would, I would get services for the corn I grew. Yes, that's the way it was started. Yeah. <laughs> that's with, and guess what? If they keep taking all the money, they're going to have it all. It ain't going to be worth a quarter. It won't be yeah. worth a quarter. Yeah. I agree. You know, and, and greed, you know, let me tell you something. Greed, greed has its way, you know, karma has its way of finding, you know, your address. And when it tumbles, it's going to tumble. Right. You know, it, it, it really is, man, because we're destroying this beautiful earth that we have at the expense of money. We're destroying the fiber of our country at the expense of money. You know what I mean? We're destroying, we're destroying our, our forefathers were some really profound human beings, man, when they wrote the Constitution. You, you understand what I'm saying? Right, I mean, yes. it's right there. Right. And and we can't, we have to accept it the way it is. We can't rewrite it the way we want it. Right. 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 And I agree. I, I, I'm not going to get in. We're, we won't get into political things. I think the Second Amendment could be rewritten. That's a whole different mm -hmm. podcast. <laughs> um, right. Your, right. Gun, your gun or my gun or whoever's gun is not going to protect you from a militia considering that basically right. that if the U.S. government wanted to drop a bomb on my house right now as I'm speaking to you, they could literally hit the room I'm sitting in. So that little that gun is not going to protect me from a right. gun. So <laughs> that's the reason right. it was written 
we can talk about the political part of that. It's another time, but it's like, and that, and that hits close to home just because I'm a teacher and all the shootings mm -hmm. and the kids that, Correct. you know, the mental health that kids are not getting, you know, that's, you know, Correct. you know, I'm married. Correct. You met my wife. She's a psychologist. She sees it on a daily basis that the mental right. health aspect, the, the, the help that kids need is astronomical at this point and that you know correct why, why are we worried about other things but anyway um let's let's dive into a couple basketball things there's a couple things so is there one basketball moment in your coaching career that we could dive into for other coaches something some some something that happened or something that could be a learning process i always ask every coach this question just because uh -huh. sometimes it's an X and O thing, sometimes it's a kid thing, sometimes it's a parent thing. Something we could dive into and talk about that you think another coach that's listening to this could learn from. Well, you know, I always let my kids decide, you know, what we were going to do to get the to get the ship to harbor. I tell them, you know, I'm gonna ask you, you know, what is it we need to do? You're out there. What's the guy doing? Because they can only draw from what I taught them. Right. They're not going to come up with nothing new, they, because their options are only what I taught them. Right? Am I, am I right? Right. Yeah. So I've asked them. So my my thing with coaching was, I tell the guys, look, your job is to get the ship to harbor. My job is to dock the damn thing. <laughs> I like that. Just get me to harbor. Yeah. Just get me to harbor. Right. Okay. So we had a, we had a turnover. We had a turnover, and we were up one. It was against our arch rival, Brookhaven, where Lame uh, uh, Jamel Cornley and, and, and Drew Lavender and uh, Terry Glenn and, oh, wow. and uh, all those guys went to school. So we have a turnover. And we're up one, and there's 11 seconds to go in the game. And so Brookhaven calls timeout, and – they get the ball, call timeout. So my guys come over. So what am I going to do? Am I going to yell at them about the turnover? No. Right. Am I going to freeze them up with all the how important uh, this defensive stance is and all those different things? No. I want them to be free. I want them to feel loose. And I want them, to, I want them all to buy in. Because if they don't buy in, I'm in trouble. So here's what I told him. I said, all right, fellas, no biggie. I said, now let me ask you a question. What would you rather be, down one with the ball with 11 seconds to go or up one on defense with 11 seconds to go? They said, up one on defense with 11 seconds to go. Right. I said, you're right where you want to be. Let's go. Let's go. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't tell them what, what watch out for this. If right. we can't defend, if I haven't talked them, how to defend for 11 seconds without having to rehearse it, then I'm not doing my job. Right. Yeah. It's like you haven't taught them. Like we have final exams coming up this next week. It's like if I haven't taught you everything you need to know at this point, this weekend right. isn't going to matter. <laughs> you know? Correct. You can Correct. only cram so much. You know, hopefully I've taught you all right. the steps. Um, right. And so, so here's the key to that. Here's, here's, the, here's the final product of what I just said. 60% of what a kid learns, they, they learn from another kid. Okay? Right. So without me telling them what to do, when they went back out on the court, they are talking about who I got. I got this guy. I got. Now, remember, so-and-so, when he does that, I help you. 
See, they were listening and paying attention. They knew what them guys were doing out there. And then when they started talking amongst themselves, that has a way more effect than me telling them, remember this guy here likes to do this, this, that puts semen in their feet. Right. But when they start talking to each other, they were loose. I don't need to tell you, we won that game. So you see, and so that's the one that I always remember. That's what, that was the day I grew up as a coach. Right. Those kids made me a, they made me a better coach. Yep. And the thing is, I tell people too, there's a, there's a point later in your career where you have this, like, you, you feel like, okay, I'm centered enough. I know enough. Like, I think when you're young, you feel like you have to know everything and all this kind of stuff. You're proving your worth. It's like, I turn right. so much over to my kids now because it's their shit. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, I'm just helping them, you know. Here, right. Here's just the give tools, me the, guys. Just give me the harbor. Yeah. Just, just give, give me the harbor. harbor. I'll dock it. I love that. Yes, I'll get you. What would you, what would you tell a young coach? Like, if you, if you had a young coach and they're, they're listening to this, what would you tell them? What, what would be your advice? Here's what I would tell. Here's, here's my advice to a young coach. Young coaches yell. The reason they yell is because they don't know what to say, and they're trying to transfer the blame from them to the kids. Remember, coach, you're responsible for everything that's on the floor. The only way it gets on the floor is you put it there. Right. <laughs> and the next thing I would I would tell them is this. I've never heard anyone scream instructions. So anytime you're screaming, it's because you don't know what to say. Right. Or you're yelling at the official. Yes. Yeah. You're deflecting. Right. Yes. Yes. Right. You see what I'm saying? But when you're teaching, you never yell teaching. Right. You you instruct. You instruct. Right. right. So when you catch yourself yelling there's an area you as a coach needs to work in because you don't know what to say you don't know what to do so you're trying to put it on the kids everyone in the stands knows you the kid has to play defense if the guy's scoring on them the people yell play defense man oh the coach's job is to tell you how to play defense right yeah so if you're yelling it if you're yelling it that means you don't know what to say because if you knew what to say, you would be instructing. Right. Yes. And I and, that, so, and, so, and I've noticed that later in my career. I don't really talk to the officials anymore. I'll, don't get me wrong. I'll yell at a, an official once in a while. But most of the time, I am so concerned about all the other things that are going on with my guys that I, right. I'm trying to help them that, that to be to be better players than, than worrying about, oh, my God, that wasn't a travel. Well, whatever. Get back. Right. You know? <laughs> Well, let me ask you a question. How can every call against me be wrong? <laughs> that's what it feels like. <laughs> you, you see, but that's what we see on TV. The right. NBA, yeah. oh, every yeah. call is wrong. Right. But well, watch these thing. guys. Watch these guys in the finals. It's like, come on, guys. They whine after Correct. every call. Seriously, right. you're making $32 million a year, and you don't think these guys out here are doing the best that they can? And they're they some of the best right. officials in the world? And you think they're wrong every time. (laughs) Right. Here's what I do with officials. Here's how, and and I found out it worked for me at the end of a game. And it wasn't my goal. It was was my goal just to be part of the game. When when my guy would reach and get called for a foul, 
I tell this, it's a great call, man. I've been trying to get him to understand. I said, you just help me have a better program because his kid's out. Right. And so what I tell the kid, I've never seen anybody reach when their feet are moving. So in order for you to reach meant you quit moving your feet. Why don't you let your feet take your hands where you want it to go rather than reaching? Because every time you reach, you're going to get a foul. Right. I love that. You, 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 you see, and so, so therefore, now the official's going, well, he's not just yelling at me. He's also saying, good call, man. That's a great call. I've been trying to get that kid to do that. You, you're helping me have a better program. Right. Now, at the end of the game, this is just normal human instincts. At the end of a game, I have to make a call. It's a close call. I've got to call something. My subconscious is going to go against what's negative in my head. So at the end of a game, when there's a close call, I got a good shot. Is it going my way? Not because they planned it that way. It's just a human instinct. I got to call something. I don't know which way to go. The person has been yelling at me all game. It's going against his ass. Right. Excuse the French. Yes. You, you, you understand what I'm <laughs> I saying? Do. I do. Right. So, you know, it, 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 you learn how to become part of something that's bigger than you. The officials, they're part of the game. i got to learn how to become a part of them as well. Right. Yeah, and I'm worried so, about I'm worried about our um, – I'm worried about uh, the la- the number of officials that are coming up through the ranks, especially at the high school level. I'm really worried that we're going to run out of officials because, like, who wants to go out and make forty five bucks and get yelled at? <laughs> right. But you know? you know what it is. Here's what it is. Here's what it is. We are in the position where we're getting ready to pass the the, the guard over to the next to the next generation. Right. We're, we're, you're getting close there with all the experience you have. Yep. So what happens is when you first started, you automatically gave the officials their props because they were there before you. Now, right. you're there before a lot of officials. That's another sign that you're coming to the end of your line because when when you leave out, those are going to be seasoned officials, and then the, the new ones are going to come in and look up at those officials. They're going to retire out. They're going to look back at the new officials and say, boy, they got a lot to learn. It's just the process of coming to the end of the line. Right. That's what made me give it up. When I started hearing the parents in the background, I knew it was time to give it up because when I was still hungry and enjoying it and having a ball with it, I never heard the parents. But the moment I started hearing them is because it's not as important as it used to be. Right. And that was a sign for me to say it's time, time to go. Time to pass the torch. I agree. All right, let's go through. I'm going to do my rapid fire with you, Coach. So these are questions. These are questions you got to answer with one. You get one answer. You don't get three. Okay. Okay. Who? Uh, one word to describe your ideal player. Hard nose, hard, hard nose. Okay. Uh, if you go to one sporting event, uh, what would that be? NBA Finals. Yeah, I've never been to an NBA Finals. All right. What, um, what's your favorite pregame meal? Pasta. Okay. 
what uh what's one thing you do to relax go home enjoy my wife for okay. 43 years oh wow yeah we got 20 we got 20 coming up this summer um good job yeah good job. <laughs> i know they should get like there should be a special place in heaven for coaches wives to be honest with you oh be. man they make the they make the biggest <laughs> sacrifice they, they do, they do. <laughs> um because yeah they take they take all the brunt of it um best basketball player you have seen in person michael jordan okay um best player of all time michael jordan okay there's been a lot of discussion about that recently. All right, one thing you, that that helped you become a better coach. My players. Ooh, I like that. No one said no one said that. That's true. Yeah, I think it's like um best game you've seen in person. Uh could I be coaching in it? Sure. Absolutely. Mine's my I mine's one of my state finals. Okay, Finley Prep. When we played Finley Prep with Christian Thompson, Corey Joseph, Nick Johnson, Abib, all those guys were on the same team, and we beat them. Okay. Wow. They were they were averaging 128 points a game, and they had 17 points at halftime. <laughs> I'm sure they were talking to themselves walking into the locker room. Uh, well, Trey, Trey Burke held Corey Joseph to seven points, and Corey was averaging 28 a game. What year was that? That was in uh, 2010. 2010. All right. Um, one word to describe your coaching style. Hard nose. Okay. Kids uh, are nothing but an extension of their coach. coach. Well, uh, best, best basketball coach of all time. Uh, I'd have to go with Popovich. Yeah, he's getting more votes recently. All right. Now, I'm obviously not your book. One book you would recommend. We'd obviously recommend your book, Coach, but one book you'd recommend for a young coach. Uh, for Pat, Pat, Pat Riley's Winner Within. I like that, too. Is that the one, um, is that, the one that talks about um, – what does that talk about? Uh, the disease, of the, the disease of me. Oh my God! And all those kinds of things. Yeah. Oh yeah, uh, Pat Riley. I, I yes. I I don't know if I've talked about that recently. I talk about the disease of me all the time. It's like the time, right? Oh, it's like it's this that unbelievably good book for people who are listening. Um, and that that one we read. All right. So b- before we leave, Coach, I want to know what's going on with your sons. What are they? Where are they? What are they doing right now? Well, uh, JJ is. Uh, uh, JJ is a IT exec with a company HMP. Okay. Uh, Julian, the middle son that played at Kent State. Yep. Uh, is a assistant coach at Kent State University men's basketball. Okay. And Jared is just back from China, and he's old. Went over there, and lost weight, about forty pounds. Got in tip top shape, and is totally uh, unrestricted free agent. And his uh, agent is David Falk, which is oh. Michael Jordan's agent. Okay. <laughs> and so they are uh, seeing what's going on out he, there in the waters. Is he going to play summer league this this summer? No, he won't play summer league. That's for rookies and guys rookie. trying to get in. Yeah. Well, he, okay. you know, he's a he's a vet. Right. Even though he didn't play last year, sure. 
he doesn't have to go through that. He doesn't have you to know go through I mean? that. So, no. Right. So what's the process then when someone comes back after they – I mean, I know he played for the Celtics and the other things. What happens when they go overseas and they come back? Do they have to – what do they – they go do workout? They don't even have to do that anymore, do they? Well, they probably – yeah, he probably had to go in and work out. It's more of getting to know the person. You know, right. you, you, they get you good and tired and find out where you're at mentally. Right. And I think Jared's got his hunger back. You know what I mean? Yeah. Things came a little too easy for him. Right. And, and for Trey. They came a little too easy for him. And both of them had their little trials and tribulations. And they both, you know, worked their way. I'm quite sure Trey got back. He's with the Knicks. And uh, and he went through the D-League route where Jared went on over to China and played in China for a year. It's such a hard – I you know, it's such a hard – that's such a hard process to, you know. But it's it's at ups and downs. I mean, we, we – I I don't know if you believe in a growth mindset, but sometimes you got to fall down before you can stand up and run away. You know, it's like that. that kind well, of stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Here's the thing. If you got to get to the point where you're hungry again, because a lot of these kids, all of a sudden that paycheck and you think you're there right. and you're not. And, right. and if you can't get hungry again, then you're done because then you just played for the money. Right. You got to play for the love of the game. Right. And if you don't play for the love of the game, you're not going to be around long. Right. And 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 when we're taping this, the NBA Finals is on. You can trust me. You can see those guys. I don't always agree with the way they behave, but they're playing to win that game. It ain't about the paycheck Correct. at that point. It's about right. like right. I'm going to beat you. You know. <laughs> right. Right. You can see it in Steph's right. face. You can see it in LeBron's face. It's like that's a whole different world. Like. I am. I mean, right. I would rip your heart out and eat it if I could get away with it. Right. But here's the here's the thing: people fail to realize the NBA doesn't pay you for what you do during the regular season. Right. They pay you for what you can do in the playoffs. Right. That's where you get your max the max uh, contracts. Right. His yeah. regular season means nothing. Yeah. It's just getting it's, your it's, and so them yeah. so those guys are playing because. If they're not, if they're so close to the championship, if they if they become the weak link, they're traded. Right. Yeah. And they don't want to go and start that process all over again. Right. Yeah. And I don't it's think, an I don't ugly think process. Young, to get I don't there. think these young guys realize too. It's the NBA, but it is a billion dollar. It's an industry. It's a you know correct. <laughs> <laughs> they're, it's a, it's you know they're they're paying them that much money because they're making more than that much, <laughs> right? You know they're making right. thirty five million, but that means the owner's making seventy five million. It's like they're not doing right. it for the yeah. charity, <laughs> right? Well, you know, here's the thing. You know, the NBA uh, league pass right goes around the world. Yeah, China has more basketball fans, NBA fans, right then we have citizens. <laughs> right. It's crazy. You got me? Right. So they're making, they're making money all over the world. Right. So when, and, and each team has their own station right. that's affiliated with the – and so if they don't get a, a sellout, even though you got league pass, Cleveland, they, they black it out. You, right. you, can't, you can't watch it. And right. you got to go to their station and watch it. Right. You see, and so it's, I mean, they're made, it's a business. And these it guys is. need to understand it's a business. And a lot of them mentally can't make that transition. Right. Yes. 
Um, do you think there's ever going to be – do you ever think there's going to be a minor league uh, un, unlike the NCAA? Do you ever think there's going to be a minor league for the NBA? You know, they're going to have to revisit that. Because I think so the, the the Well, you know, we're talking about money again. It, the, the NCAA is the only multi-billion dollar nonprofit I ever seen right. in my life. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> you yeah, know, and, yeah. And, you know, let's go back to, the, and keep it real, let's go back to uh, uh, the tattoo gate with Ohio State. Yeah. When Jim Trestle got fired and all. Well, they played Arkansas in the in a bowl game. Right. They gave them permission to play the players in the Arkansas game. And then come June, they made them forfeit the game. They gave them permission to play it. Right. So basically what the NCAA said to them was, it's okay for us to make money with ineligible players, but it's not okay for you to make money with ineligible players. players. Right. Basically, that's all the message was. Right. No, I just think I, – I think I think – I think the, the, the facade of the, 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 the amount of money the colleges are making, I just think, I don't know. I just think it's a disservice. Um, yeah. <laughs> and I think the system it's is broken. It's educational value. Right. Yeah, it's lost its educational value. You know, like, you know, just think of, a, of an AD, and I won't mention his name, but you, it won't take much for you to research. Starting quarterback, get caught DUI. Right. Guess what? He's, he gets suspended again. I agree with that 100%. Right. 100%. It doesn't make any difference whether the kid was underage or of age. It's against the law to drive and drink. Right. As soon as the kid comes back from his suspension, they start selling liquor at the stadium where the football game is played. Right. Now you, you're releasing 110,000 potential DUIs. Right. Every Saturday. Right. What's the message? Yeah. What's the what's the message? It's okay for us to make money. Let the police worry about the DUIs. <laughs> right. I mean, yeah. come on. I mean, there's where we're we're losing it. Yeah. We're losing it right there. You you know what I mean? We're yeah. losing it. You're gonna take the high ground on the kids, but then throw it all out the window because I can make more money for the university. Right, and that's with all the stuff that, with all the stuff that's hit with the FBI investigation, all that stuff. It's like it just kind of gets brushed away. It's like seriously, like this is a serious. Mm -hmm. These are serious infractions. I right. Mean, let Let's be serious then. Let them. Let's pay them. Let Let's do something. I mean, you're you're, you're right. fooling yourself with all these. Like it's a, you know, I don't know. These, I tell you what, I got a theory. I got a theory. That what should be done. Are you ready? You got time uh -huh. for me to tell you what my uh -huh. theory is? Yep. I think that the kids should get paid not enough money to go buy a car, right. clothes, right. fancy clothes, but, you know, $1,500 to $2,000 a month so that they can take their girlfriend. You know, minimum right. wage right. is what I'm basically saying yep. for every hour spent with basketball, whether it's conditioning, yep. study table, whatever you think doing with basketball. Sure. Absolutely. Right. Right. Yep. Minimum wage. If the NCAA already has it to where they only allow so many hours a week, so you can't mm -hmm. be pumping hours up on them. There's, right. there's so many hours you can only deal with them a week. So give minimum wage for that. Number two, every year that they come back to school, 
you put money into uh, 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 where you got a trust fund. Right, trust fund, something so they can't touch it. To the, retirement. Right. I think it's you put it like an IRA. You put it in an IRA and you can't touch this until you're 60, 60 or something. No, no, 35, 35. Okay. Because now you do it all the dumb stuff. You're getting ready to raise a family. Family. Now yeah, you, you got a, a down yep. payment. payment. Yep. You got a down payment for a house. Yep. You, you know what I mean? And right. then the money that they're putting over there for that period of time is making enough interest that you're never spending the money. You're just using the interest of the money. Right. You, you see what I'm saying? Yeah. And then if a kid graduates, they even get more. Right. Yes. <laughs> it's because like, you'd have made so much money for the university. Right. With their with their jerseys, with their stuff. Yeah, I, absolutely. I, you and I 100% you, agree on this. <laughs> right. And then you'd have incentive to come back to school, stay four years, get a degree. Because, you know, if you don't make it, then you're going off into the world. You work, And at 35, when you get through with all that dumb stuff, all of a sudden, you got your little nest egg that you can buy a house with or you can invest. You can do it, you, but you're not dumb anymore. Right. You, you got me? You, you, you put it this way. You shouldn't be dumb at 35. <laughs> and the thing is, okay, so you see all these kids. You, they, you have to understand there's like, I don't even know how many there are, like 300 NBA players. There's 300 of them. Mm -hmm. There's seven and a mm -hmm. half billion, B, billion people in the world. Right. You know, you are chasing not a U.S. dream. You're chasing a world dream. Like, there's kids Correct. in Germany that want it as bad as you do. Like, that's, right. you know, and that's why your, son, your, your son's so blessed. Um, right. It, you know, yeah. And he knows how blessed he is. See, and that's the key. You know what I mean? He's in a fraternity, a very right. small fraternity. Yeah. Yes. Um. And that's what I don't think kids understand. That's why there has to be alternatives for these kids. Like you have right. to, you know, I don't know. It, it's just, there's, there's such a small percentage of them that actually make the league that it's like, let's make sure they get their degrees. Let's make sure they have something right. when they leave there that will, you right. know, <laughs> that they can do something with the rest of their lives. And I love that money. Right. I love that trust fund, put it away, all that kind of stuff. Right. Well, well, thank right. you, Coach. I really appreciate coming on. I'm sure my wife says she's going to make it a yearly ritual to go see. So I'm sure she'll see you again. Um, she sit Starbucks. right here in Starbucks. All right, she. All I'm right, sure buddy. she will. I look thank forward you. to meeting you too, man. Yep, for sure, absolutely. Talk to you soon, Coach. Bye bye. Hey, everybody. I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. Um, take thirty seconds, please, please, please hit five stars, go over and, and, and leave us a review. We'd really appreciate that wherever you listen. Um, also, make sure if you're looking for free resources, go over and check out Teach Hoops on YouTube. There's all sorts of free resources. Subscribe there. Like I've told you before, my goal is 100,000 100, uh, subscribers. Got a long ways to go. Um, anyway, and then if you're really thinking of taking your coaching to the next level, go over and check out teachhoops.com for coaches who want to get better. All right. Have a great Wednesday. Sports Social Podcast Network. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. 
No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.